because we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 7th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off once again with African women's football. The Copper Queens of Zambia have looked golden through the group phase as they bid for their first Kasafa Women's Championship in South Africa. The Copper Queens have scored 11 goals in three matches and kept their opponents scoreless. Team captain Barbara Banda has led the Zambian attack with a tournament leading eight goals, including five in a 7-0 route of Lesotho. Yes, Barbara deserves a sunny side of sports salute. As the Copper Queens prepare for the semifinals, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the team's media officer, Memory Malisawa. Yes, the Copa Queens of Zambia have uh, qualified to the semi-final of um, the Kosafa Women's um, uh, Football Championship. And um, of course, um, it is a big thing for the Copa Queens and um uh it's seen obviously that uh, from the time they 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 kicked off the tournament uh, their first game being on the 2nd of September they meant business and um they know what is at stake it's the Kosafa title that they've never won before and so obviously going into this tournament they were so excited the morale was high uh just coming back from the um Africa uh women cup of nations in Morocco where they came back home with um, a bronze coming out third from that competition. So obviously performing like that at that level, they would want to be champions of the Southern Africa. And so they've put in their best. They've performed very well. You could see that these are the, the girls who are thirsty for goals. Now talking of um, uh, Captain um, uh, Barbara Banda, this means a lot to her. Obviously, every time I talk to her, trying to find out what this means and, of course, um, uh, uh, what's really making her perform the way she's performing, considering the fact that uh, she, she she has been away for some time when you talk of her representing, um, uh, you know, Mother Zambia. She says uh, uh, she, she's really so, so excited. She keeps on saying it's all because of teamwork. Of course, she's thirsty for goals and that's what she's doing. But then she keeps on saying she can't do that alone uh, without the coordination of the team. And so as a captain, uh, she's so excited to be back and she wants to carry her team on her shoulders nicely, perfectly and positively for them to post those good results. She's very excited and every time talking to her, she puts a smile on her face. You could actually see that she, she, she's really, really excited to be back doing what she likes doing. And obviously, uh, so many times she keeps on saying, look, this is my thing and this is what I want to do. This is my bread and butter. This is my life. She eats football, thinks football. Everything is football about her. And so definitely it's not, uh, you know, something that 
is really hidden from, I mean, anybody. We all know this is what she loves. And we could see from the way she's performing that she's really excited to be back, um, you know, playing football. And so um, she has been um, superb, um, you know, being the captain of the side. I think she has done what a captain is supposed to do. And she hasn't really disappointed at all. Um, even the coach, um, Bruce Mwampe, did mention that she has just brought um, um, the different kind of morale and tempo to the team. And of course, uh, uh, for them, it is not just qualifying to the semifinals. The utmost goal for the Copa Queens is to lift the Kosafa title for the first time. Do you plan to use some of the players in this championship for the FIFA Women's World Cup next year? And now when you look at um, the players, Coach Bruce Mwape has mentioned before that um, this Kosafa tournament is um, very important to the Zambian squad. It's not any other Kosafa tournament because, um, you know, uh, it has come when... um, uh, Zambia just qualified uh, to the World Cup, which will be hosted uh, next year in uh, Australia and, of course, um, New Zealand. Uh, so for them, this Kosafa tournament is also one of the ways in which uh, the technical bench can look at a number of players, gauge the players, and in a way just using it also as one of those assignments uh, in form of um, you know preparation when you look at um, preparing the team for the World Cup. And so it is a very important um, a tournament for the Copa Queens, away from the fact that they've never won it as Kosafa title. For them, they're looking at it um, in a different way. It's beyond Kosafa. It's something to help the team, um, you know, uh, start the preparations for the World Cup. Very, very important for the players as well. And so when you look at um, the Zambian squad reading, they, they, they are not um, uh, 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 underrating any team at this year's uh, uh, tournament. Uh, they are using this year's tournament to you know, uh, look at so many other things where the team is concerned. And so every game for the Copa Queens is very, very important uh, at this year's uh, uh, tournament. And so they want to play as a team. They want to put in their best. They want the the, the coordination to be uh, top-notch. And so that is uh, the reason why uh, the Copa Queens are here. It's just like that in black and white. That's memory Mali Sawa, the media officer of Zambia's national women's football team, the Copper Queens. And she spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Sporty greetings. This is memory Mali Sawa, media officer of Copper Queens of Zambia. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Here in Washington, the U.S. women's national soccer team defeated Nigeria Tuesday night 2-1 in a friendly international match. The victory extended the USA's home unbeaten streak to 71 matches. The USA took the lead in the 24th minute on an own goal by Nigeria's Blessing Denaheen. 
Second half substitute Uchenna Kanu equalized for the Super Falcons of Nigeria in the 50th minute. Another second half substitute, American star Megan Rapino made her presence felt soon after entering the match in the 65th minute. She chipped in a cross to teammate Rose Lavelle, who scored on a diving header. Final score from Audi Field here in Washington, USA 2, Nigeria 1. It was the 13th consecutive victory for the top-ranked American women and their second win over the Super Falcons in four days. The USA beat Nigeria 4-0 in another friendly on Saturday in Kansas City, Kansas. A near-capacity crowd of almost 19,000 attended the friendly at Audi Field here in Washington. After the match, the U.S. Soccer Federation and the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association officially signed a collective bargaining agreement that ended years of labor dispute. The Federation says it achieves true equal pay between the U.S. women's national soccer team and the U.S. men's national soccer team and, in the Federation's words, sets the global standard moving forward in international soccer. Sporty greetings. This is Randy Waldrum, coach of the Super Falcons of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. In African men's football, Uganda recently qualified for the African Nations Championship, or CHAN, a tournament for home-based players that will be hosted by Algeria between January 8th and January 31st, 2023. The Cranes of Uganda booked their ticket to Algeria after a 4-0 victory over their neighbors, the Taifa Stars of Tanzania. Joining us now from Pala, Uganda, with more details, is Magume Davis Rakawinge. Sporty Wednesday greetings, Magume. Sporty Wednesday greetings to Tusani and our listeners. It was the home team, the Ghana Queens, that scored the first goal, the 15 minutes, scored through a penalty amid this protest from the Stars players. The Tanzanians dominated the game as they looked for the equalizer, but were not successful. The Ghana Cranes scored two more goals in the second half to mend their lead and make it 4-0 on aggregate to qualify for the sixth consecutive Chan Finals. Milton Srodovic Micho, the Ghana Cranes coach, placed his players. He said it was hard work that earned them victory. It was 10 Kalisa, the Grand Queen's captain, said teamwork and the victory. First of all, I would like to thank my coach here for believing uh, in me, for believing in our players, um, being handed such a big responsibility is not easy, but he believed in me, that's why uh, I had to look for a way to to repay him and I'm happy that we qualified and that's all I would do. 
Clive Chaze, a sports analyst in Uganda, says despite the loss, Tanzania was a better team. He says Ugandans will be looking forward for a much more improved performance at the finals. Uganda is uh, the best footballing team in the Sekapa region. Uh, it would be disaster if we don't get qualified. For me, my big question is, what do we do when we qualify? We've qualified the previous five times, and on all the previous five times, we've even failed to get out of the group stages. We are going to qualify again. Chances are that uh, we are supposed to put up a better show than all the previous uh, five times. Are we going to be able to do that? That's something we need to wait and see. So for me, it's not really something that uh, we should be celebrating about. It is our birthright, the fact that uh, we are qualifying in regions to qualify for the champ because we are the best footballing team. In- Micho and his team will be hoping they stamp their presence at the China finals by going beyond group stages this time around. I believe the technical direction that we are, we have taken and we are doing, I can assure you, Ugandans, that this time we shall do so much different in comparison. We want to deeply analyze uh, why we have not succeeded to pass the group. Uh, after this, we are going to Coach Milton Mitchell said he used the tournament to fine-tune some members of the Uganda Cubs, Uganda's under-23 team that will be preparing for the Paris Olympics qualifiers. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Ruakarinji Kampala, Uganda. Hello listeners, my name is Milton Karisa, Uganda Prince Chan team captain, and you're listening to Sony Side of Sports on Voice of America. The World Cup trophy is traveling to all 32 countries that qualified for this year's premier football tournament in Qatar. And this week, the golden trophy has been in Africa. The trophy was in Ghana earlier this week before moving to Senegal. It will also be displayed in Cameroon, Morocco, and Tunisia. Former star striker David Trezeguet, who lifted the World Cup trophy in 1998 with France, unveiled it in Senegal and said, and I quote, Senegal will be a protagonist team. The first match against the Netherlands is not easy, but in my opinion, They have all the necessary skills to go all the way. Reigning African champion Senegal reached the World Cup quarterfinals at Japan, South Korea, 2002. Ghana made it to the World Cup quarterfinals at South Africa, 2010. And Cameroon advanced to the final eight at Italy, 1990. No African team has gone past the World Cup quarterfinals. The 2022 World Cup will kick off November 20th in Qatar, the first country in the Middle East to stage the football extravaganza. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Rain on me. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. 
Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. Let's give another sunny side of sports salute to Rwandan football referee Salima Mukunsanga, who made history at this year's Men's Africa Cup of Nations Tournament in Cameroon and who will make more history at the World Cup in November. Mukunsanga is one of three female referees selected to officiate in Qatar. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, Ejen Uimana in Kigali, Rwanda, tells us more about Salima Mukunsanga. I'm happy with my profession. <laughs> Salima Mukunsanga is putting Rwanda on the map. Sports analyst Athen Tashobia says... Having uh, Salima Mukansanga as the, the first ever female uh, referee to officiate at the finals of Africa Cup of Nations is such a huge milestone. Not only for Rwanda, uh, but uh, I mean for the African uh, women uh, sportsmen and referees. Uh, I think she's opening up for... Uh, future milestones. In 1988, in Western Rwanda, a girl who would make history was born in the Rusiz district, near the border of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Salima Mkansanga is a nurse by education. She has a bachelor's degree in nursing, which she received from the University of Yitkwe. I had the chance to talk with Salima a few days before she flew to France to officiate matches at the 2019 Women's World Cup. She said her father was a big influence in her becoming a football referee. I believe I got this talent from my dad. He was a sportsman. He was not a referee like me, but he played football a long time ago. And when he was old, he used to sponsor football clubs. Salima says when she started as a ref in 2008, she was harshly criticized by football fans who said being an official on the pitch is a man's job. I reached the point where I was about to quit. You see, I do a lot of physical exercises and I get paid per match. So that time matches were not many, which means there was no money. It was difficult for me, but because I knew what I wanted and it is my passion, I had to be resilient. Salima says her big dream is to officiate matches at Senior Men's World Cup. However, football is not her favorite sport. When she was in secondary school, she loved to play basketball, but due to a lack of female teams, she couldn't continue. Her vision changed, and now she says she exercises six days a week to stay fit and achieve her dream. Salima says one setback to her development has been the lack of female football competitions in Rwanda. In our country, female competitions are not many, and to get access to international ones is not easy. It's a problem because the more you get men matches, the better you become. 
In becoming an international football referee, Salima Mkansanga has empowered many Rwandan girls. So says a sports commentator at Rwanda Broadcasting Agency, Rigo Ruth. When girls hear the story of Salima, they understand that it's possible. It motivates them to keep believing in sports and consider it as a career, a profession that you can make a living with. She's a Rwandan treasure. Rwanda has been recognized globally for its efforts to promote women in politics and other fields. Ethan Tashobia says Salima is a visible product of these initiatives. I think uh, the international community, especially Africa, is recognizing the effort that the, uh, the efforts that the Rwandan government is putting into uh, to support uh, women, to empower women in all sectors. And uh, when Salima Mukasanga was given an opportunity to officiate, uh, they just concluded the Olympic Games. Uh, I think the calf was awake. Uh, they were watching and they were like, hmm, this lady is from, Af- from Rwanda, she's from Africa, uh, from a country that has been at the top of women empowerment in, in all sectors, politics. Um, uh, and then here we have a, a sports personality in her own category. I think it's sort of attached to the entire effort that the country, the government of Rwanda is putting in to empower women. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Ejen Wimana, reporting from Chigali, Rwanda. Thanks, Ejen. VOA's Gwen Uden also filed this report on Salima Mukansanga. In January, history was made on the pitch when Rwandan Salima Mukansanga became the first woman to officiate at the Africa Cup of Nations. Mukansanga walked on the field holding the match ball, accompanied by three male match officials. And during the game, which saw Zimbabwe defeat Guinea 2-1, she she showed a total of six yellow cards and separated players on the field. Ugandan sports journalist Usher Komangisha told Reuters News, the ease and determination Mukansanga displayed on the pitch are the same traits that helped her reach the pinnacle of soccer on the African continent. You have to go all the way back to 1957. That is 65 years of uh, AFCON history and she's right here in the center and doing an incredible job. You know, when I see her, uh, it's really a story of, uh, you know, a woman who is resilient. Uh, at 33, she's handling, uh, you know, games at the biggest tournament on this continent. It's an inspiration for women uh, who want to be like her, because, in fact, for so many people who don't know, when she started uh, her career, when she got the interest uh, to be a referee, she was playing football in primary and secondary school. Uh, and then uh, the Rwandan FA at the time said, look, you're very young to be a referee uh, but she waited out she told herself uh, the rules of the game and here she is Soccer fans who were in attendance for the Zimbabwe-Guinea match said they were inspired by Mukansanga's achievements. And Zimbabwe supporter Felicia Chisepo says... Seeing women being empowered, uh, this means that we're going forward uh, moving as Africa, whereby uh, women are being represented and are being also involved in these sports that, you know, for a long time they is regarded as for men. So seeing a woman, uh, it also is short power. We're seeing women doing great things, so I'm so proud uh, of the rest and I'm also proud of me as a woman. And Daphne Tinomuoda says Bukasanga has inspired female athletes to reach even greater heights in competition. 
So I think it's going to inspire other women in the continent to compete and go for the course as well so that they can compete in, on greater events like the Afghan competitions. Lukasanga's rise to the pinnacle of football was fueled by a passion for the sport with an interest first as a player that shifted to the middle of the field as a referee. Egide Kayatesi remembers training Mukasanga in her youth. Speaking in Kinyarwanda, the veteran coach says she remembers her as a standout athlete. Kayatesi says, I had a good time with her. Mukasanga has an exceptional character and when she has a match, she prepares for it by consulting refereeing books to do things correctly. She is someone who gives great importance to each game and that's why Salima has reached this level. Mukasanga was involved in matches at the Tokyo Olympics last year and the Women's World Cup in France in 2019. Those world-class events no doubt not only prepared her for officiating the nation's cup, but also in making history on Africa's grandest stage. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. Let's give yet another sunny side of sports salute to Tunisian tennis player Anz Jabur, the first African woman to reach the U.S. Open semifinals. Jabur defeated Australia's Isla Tomjanovic in straight sets on Tuesday, 6-4 and 7-6 in New York. Jabur will next play Caroline Garcia of France for a spot in the women's singles final after Garcia eliminated American Coco Goff. Speaking after her victory in New York, Anz Jabur said, and I quote, just trying to do my job and hopefully I inspire more and more generations from Africa. It really means a lot to me. Jabur reached the women's singles final at this year's Wimbledon tournament. She lost in three sets to Kazakhstan's Elena Rabakina. Anz Jabur says her run to the title match at the All England Club allowed her to believe more in herself and help her realize that she can win a Grand Slam tournament. Anz Jabur, two victories away from becoming a Grand Slam singles champion. Date now on the Women's National Basketball Association playoffs. The Las Vegas Aces beat the host Seattle Storm Tuesday night, 97 to 92, to advance to the WNBA Finals. Las Vegas won the best of five semifinal series, 
three games to one. In the night's other game, the Connecticut Sun beat the defending WNBA champion Chicago Sky 104-80. to That best-of-five semifinal series is tied at two games each. The decisive Game 5 will be played Thursday night in Chicago, Illinois. Meanwhile, Seattle's loss to Las Vegas meant it was the last professional game for Seattle's retiring star guard, 41-year-old Sue Bird. Definitely surreal. I think initially... You feel sad about the season and the game. And I then think as the emotions started to come to the surface, um, you know, that's also what I know deep down and that that was my last game. I didn't really want to leave the court. It felt like that's where everybody was going. So I just followed at first. Um, But I also wanted to kind of have one last moment to say thank you to uh you know soak it all in because in some ways it is a happy thing you know i'm proud of of everything we've accomplished here and of course i'm sad but there's happiness too to be able to have a moment like that with the fans to have them chant the way they did Um, i know the tears don't look like happy tears but there's a lot of happiness sue bird retires as one of the greatest women's players in basketball history she won four wnba titles with the seattle storm and also five olympic gold medals with the u.s women's national basketball team And that wraps up the September 7th edition of the show. I get it. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sport.